Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a chief compliance officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back for our concluding episode in this month's series on The Compliance Life with Courtney Nordrum. Courtney, first of all, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. I am, um, as I have been for all of the episodes, super excited to be here. Courtney, uh, this episode focuses on you moving into the CCO chair. So I was wondering if you could tell our audience uh, what your current role is and why the passion you develop for compliance at the uh, SCCE has really translated over to the corporate world. Absolutely. So my current title is Regulatory Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer at Deluxe Corporation. Uh, we're trying to be hip and trendy. And so now we just call ourselves Deluxe, but our entity name is Deluxe Corporation. And I've been at Deluxe um, two weeks shy of four years. I didn't start out as the CCO, but I inherited the position about eight months in when the CCO left for another opportunity. And so it has been two and a half, almost three years of operating as the person that I spent four years training people to be. So at SCCE, part of my mission and part of the mission was to talk to people about compliance and provide tools to people, chief compliance officers, chief among them, um, to use in building their compliance programs and as compliance professionals. So I went from the teacher to the doer and it, it, it has been a wild ride in a good way. So that, that sounds like um, it could be taken in, in several ways, but in the best way, it has been a wild ride. So could you tell us two or three of uh, your biggest uh, challenges or successes since you moved into the CCO chair, Courtney? Oh, man. So uh, I, I moved into the CCO chair at the same time I moved into a, a legal role. And so I have to kind of wear two hats. I am regulatory counsel, which means I operate as a lawyer for the company. And my job is to protect the company from the outside world. My other hat is as CCO. And I believe that compliance 
exists to protect the outside world from the company. And so I had I have to get comfortable with a little cognitive dissonance and a, and a little bit of a split personality. But there are a, a, a few things kind of sprinkled throughout that I think were successes. But overwhelmingly, I think the greatest success and the greatest challenge I've had as CCO is navigating through the COVID-19 pandemic. So as CCO at Deluxe, I own the Incident Crisis Response Program. So it, it, it's my job to spin up calls and be the calm voice in the room when, when things start going awry or have the potential to go awry. So as part of that, it, in March of last year, kind of life changed and became very different. And we operate at the time, I think we had 60 plus locations throughout the US, Europe, Australia, and Canada. We have fewer now. Um, those were always planned to to retire. We we didn't cl close them because of COVID. But so for months and months and months, my team and I basically spent night and day tracking regulations, guidance, rules, orders <laughs> from every, I will say, town, city, county, public health division, state. <laughs> and a federal government under which we operated. And more so than anything else, I, I look back on that with pride because partially, you know, whew, we made it um, or we're making it because I really believe this is a marathon, not a sprint, but also because the work we did in the compliance space was directly translated into keeping people safe. So it was a real life example of taking words on a page or an order and translating that into a control or a process that was meant to protect the safety of human beings. And normally in corporate America, you don't get a lot of that real time. You get general, like the FDA says this heart valve has to meet these requirements. But the real time, we need to get masks out there. We need to get um, hand sanitizer by the truck full. We need to train our, our people on the importance of washing their hands and, and Kleenexes and, you know, sanitizing elevator buttons and all of those things. It was immediately taking all of this noise as far as regulations, orders, et cetera, and just distilling them down into rules that made sense for people and rules that helped keep people safe during a pandemic. And so for me, that was really, really meaningful. And, and we said along the way, you know, we're not going to get it all right all the time because it's a pandemic and we've never experience this and there's there's no one who's making every decision exactly right along the way but the team we were committed to getting it as right as we could as often as we could and and so it, it was a challenge and it still is a challenge 
but it was also trial by fire. Here's a new, here's 42 new regulations and, and orders from governors. Interpret all of them. Send the plain language interpretations out to all of the operations people. Answer the questions. Make sure you know that everybody understands not only the obligations but the reporting obligations. How do we audit and monitor for all of this? Like it was basically compliance 101 on steroids. Now a message from our sponsor. So Courtney, I would now like to turn to that veiled land of the future. And as we conclude, where do you see the corporate compliance function in 2025 or perhaps beyond? So I am an eternal optimist. And so I think compliance is going to continue to evolve. And I think it's going to continue to move up in organizations from we're still in compliance right now talking about getting a seat at the table. So I hope in 2025 that we have a seat at the table and we're we're gunning for the seat closer to the head of the table. I think that the credibility of compliance and the importance of compliance has been established, but even now every week you're seeing regulatory actions and enforcement actions coming out of the US, Europe primarily that are undermining the importance of getting things right the first time. So I think that credibility is going to grow. And I think the use of technology is also going to transform what compliance looks like. While most of us don't have huge compliance budgets, I think there are opportunities for AI and predictive learning to really help find where problems may be bubbling, but we haven't found them yet. And I think that there's also just the, the amount of communication we have with each other as professionals and in the space is only going to build into a, a larger, tighter-knit community that can rival like the American Medical Association or the American Bar Association, where we're taken seriously and people know who we are. And I don't have to explain to people what a compliance officer does um, like I do now. That's my hope. Well, Courtney, this has been just a fabulous series of podcasts with you. I've thoroughly enjoyed visiting with you, learning more about you and your story. And it's uh, been a ton of fun for me. I'm sure we'll figure out a way to collaborate on social media and podcasts in the future. So I just wanted to end by saying thank you. And I look forward to just continuing this conversation. Absolutely, Tom. Um, you're the best. You know it. And and thank you for the honor of being on your podcast. The, the fact that anyone wants to listen to me ramble still blows my mind. So I appreciate it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you will join me again next week where I take up another episode with in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of The Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. 
Uh, any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.